0: Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton.
1: Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in the next couple episodes, we're going to be diving into the world of SEO management at DTC companies. Joining me today is Jason Berkowitz who is the founder and SEO director at Break the Web. Break the Web helps make SEO accessible, measurable, and simply just less annoying for in-house marketing teams at D2C brands. Yesterday, Jason and I talked about managing SEO expectations at direct-to-consumer companies, and today we're continuing that conversation but diving into managing successful D2C SEO projects.
0: This podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs.
1: With that, here's my conversation with Jason Berkowitz, the founder and SEO director at Break the Web. Jason, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me again, Tyson. Awesome to be here.
1: Yeah. So now we're kind of diving a little bit more into the execution, implementation. So obviously within SEO, we have several streams or bodies of work, kind of maybe similar to the last episode. Like, do you feel like there's unique factors or unique things to consider in successfully managing an SEO product or project for B2C or direct D2C business?
2: Yeah, I think some of the differences might just be in the the tasks associated with the execution, like voice and branding and maybe top of the funnel content and voice and branding and bottom of the funnel conversion, copywriting, those aspects (laughs) logically are are clearly very different. The frameworks itself, you know, SEO, we know the frameworks of what works and what may not work or be as impactful, those largely remain the same. But the way you go about executing something and the style of content, maybe even the research, the tools used for data and analysis and research might be a little bit different in the D2C market versus B2B.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like, too, with this, like, I mean, Every aspect of SEO, we have complexities, I feel like. But like in the execution, you have, okay, there's multiple different initiatives. You're going to have your laundry list of tasks that are rolling up to these larger bodies of work. You have then on the client side, you're working with a variety of team members. So like to successfully manage an SEO project, you have people that you're working with from all these different walks of life. You have developers, content writers. Like what recommendations would you give to the SEOs out there that are maybe kind of struggling with that stakeholder management aspect of, you know, executing an SEO project?
2: Yeah, we selfishly want to focus on what we care about and sometimes rightfully so, you know, you got to protect yourself and your job and all of that, but successfully collaborate with other departments in areas that aren't really involved with SEO, One thing we like to do is try to get an idea on what they care about the most. What are their KPIs? What are they being tracked on internally for their own job security? And trying to align what they care about with what we care about is the mutual win-win. So let's say one of the people in devs cares about uptime and successful loading of scripts and resources How can we aim to align what we're asking for from a technical SEO standpoint while also ensuring that they get to hit their goal of uptime and a bunch of good 200s and successful resources being loaded? That's how we aim to go about it. And when we start working with maybe an in-house dev team or even a third-party dev team for our client, we actually do spend a little bit of time and try to have a clarity call and let them know what we're looking for, why we're looking for it. But most importantly, what are you looking for and what are your hard no's? where you're hard. Uh, Sure, you're okay to compromise on. We don't want SEO. And we actually say this to our partners and other departments, and they love it, that we don't want to sacrifice user experience, conversion, tech, functionality for the sake of SEO, because then that's all worthless anyways. Bringing in traffic, but no one's converting, then it's a horrible experience for all. So trying to help say like, hey, we're on your side. We're not going to try to delegate things to you that you don't need to do, don't want to do, or are a conflict of your KPIs but want to ensure that everyone can get what they need.
1: And in your experience, have you often had those engagements and those clients where it's like you have ran into that kind of misalignment? Like, is this something that you proactively kind of put in place? Or is this something that kind of more came out over time,
2: like as, as you just evolved your own practice and business? We tend to see it more when collaborating with another third-party agency. And I say agency specifically, not even a third-party freelancer. In-house dev teams, for example, and freelancers tend to be willing to collaborate. Other agencies, and that also might just be a reflection on how that agency is run in terms of budget management, planning, resources, capacity, and amount of time you can dedicate to a certain client. You know, That's their own thing. But what we've seen is with third-party agencies, sometimes is their logical reasoning for why they can't fix something usually isn't as logical as they like to think, and might be more biased towards either not wanting to fix something. They, I mean, very well. They might have done something from the beginning that wasn't correct, and they don't want to admit that they did something wrong from the beginning. So they might give some pushback. I mean, an example we actually see quite often is devs using header tags for styling. Which sure, that's okay. But like it'd be really cool to have like one H1 and maybe a few H2s and then some H3s below that, you know, a typical good heading structure. But when they have like seven or eight H1s and we know it's not the make it or break it with SEO, they're like, no, 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 it's perfect. And we say I prefer not to use styling for headers, and you know, styling should be used truly for accessibility purposes. You know, that's the the big win, and, and then that usually kind of also puts them like okay, it's not either about dev or SEO, it's about accessibility, you know? So that might help switch things around. But in-house dev teams have always been willing to collaborate and we have great experience with dev teams and even just freelancers, like solopreneurs in a way, tend to be very collaborative and willing to have a conversation. And that's really all we ask is let's have a conversation and collaborate so everyone can get what they need. And we're willing to make sacrifices on our recommendations, are they as well? So that's kind of how we go about it. And I think that's just developed over time and working with tif- different types of brands and departments and people in-house externally
1: absolutely and i feel like there's there's two major kind of takeaways that you've you've already hit on and i mean one i think is just generally having this conversation like it's kind of back to that soft skill aspect or component of our practice but using as like a more pointed kind of like, okay, what do we need to cover and address into the KPIs of success? Because in my experience too, like at that side, uh, it can be so telling where it's like, you can be like, hey, why do I keep running into this like underlining kind of friction or tension? And a lot of times it can be traced back to what is like the North Star that is being worked towards. Um, so I think the advice or recommendation of like zeroing in on those KPIs Can then shed a lot more light into the overall components of like what's going on kind of between these teams. And it's an interesting one too on the experience of different, yeah, like in house versus others. And I feel like everyone does have kind of just a different level of understanding of it. I've seen companies that have been, you know, really kind of anti SEO. And a lot of times I chalk it up into just they had a bad experience in the past. And I think there is a fair amount of kind of like bad taste in working with agencies just because of how, how the approach was, what the experience was. And so I always try to start these relationships too with like, hey, blank slate, like you may have worked, you know, in not a positive interaction in the past, but it's like kind of trying to get to that point that you have a, a clean slate or a clean foundation to build upon.
2: Yeah, it's like dating. You know, hey, uh, you may have experienced some things before, but you got to give me a fair chance. It's only, it's only fair. and But it's also logical. You know, there's a, that weird stigma in SEO and SEO services about over promises and under delivery. And I mean, the old school stigma about like SEO being these magic wizards that can make you appear on the top. Yeah, it's understandable that there's a bad taste. And there's also people that, you know, I find it interesting. And I say this uh, sometimes even during sales calls that there's two different types of SEO agencies. Some that are really great at delivering great results, but they suck at communication. And then on the flip side, you have other SEO agencies that are great at communication, but suck at SEO. That tends to be like the full service agency that offers a million things. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least for us, we try to bridge that gap. We call it like deliver great experience. Experience comes in the form of great results and great communication. But historically, you know, they might. A brand might enlist the SEO services from a full service agency and package, and that's packaged with website maintenance and design and email and all this, where it's just a line item and an invoice. And what the agency is actually doing is, hey, we have five more page huddle optimization recommendations for you. And also we've added some, some meta keywords, you know, silly stuff.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good representation though of the practice because in a lot of ways, yeah, it's like, to be truly successful, you need to have some technical chops. You need to have kind of that, that side or that strength from that side of the brain. But then there's equally the soft skill component of it. And it seems, at least like in my experience, and whether it's recruiting, you know, resourcing, building out teams, just that I'm a part of, it tends to be more of that challenge of finding strengths upon both sides and i think to the seos out there you probably know pretty easily of what comes easier and what comes harder to you and leaning into whatever aspect is the harder one i think can really have a significant impact in career opportunities i, don't know, I know it's a little bit on a soapbox but um it's just something that i think people will shy away from the areas that are more challenging and in this sense, an SEO, if you want to progress and keep progressing, in my mind, you have to have both skill sets. And it's not a matter of like, oh, well, I'm so strong in one that I'll get by. True, but your ceiling's probably not going to be as high as it could have
2: been. Yeah, 100%. I think it's not a soapbox. I think it's accurate. At least some of the best SEOs that I know tend to be a bit more introverted. By nature, I'm a bit more introverted and I try to be a bit more extroverted. So communication and speaking to people, takes a lot of work and SEOs, especially the introverted ones, you know, they're, they're best at what they do because they're good at solving problems and reverse engineering things. But then when it comes to explaining that information to another human, that tends to be harder. And for us, kind of our client-facing team, we have some SEOs that are client-facing teams, but like our account managers didn't really come in with much SEO experience. It's more of that soft skills and being great communicators that they can take all this jargon and weirdness that we're talking about from an SEO level and turn it into human speak (laughs) so that other people who are not in the SEO realm can kind of understand what we're talking about.
0: Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. so join brands like yelp ebay canva atlassian square all who rely on the seo consultants at previsible for more information go to previsible.io that's previsible previsibl dot i-o
1: absolutely and it's i think too it's like we've all learned seo from one like everyone fell into this industry like no one at least to this point, has gone to school for SEO. So I think that ability of being able to develop others in that way and then having this challenge on the soft skills. I also think it's good, though, like you shared in kind of the piece of being an introvert and being able to kind of play the role. That's exactly how I would describe myself, too. And I think it's can be encouraging for SEOs out there to know, like, hey, I may be an introvert, but it is possible. It is achievable. yet, yeah, you know, a little more effort and you have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit more. But I think it is, it is a good piece where it's like, everyone doesn't have to be an extrovert. There are ways kind of managing through that being an introvert and still being able to be extra, like at least in a professional setting. And maybe that's an easy way to kind of create that separation is, you know, in the professional setting, you're able to go out and kind of not be as much in your own comfort space.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And trying to just be a bit more open and communicative, you don't pigeonhole yourself. You don't make that your identity of, oh, I can't do this because I'm an introvert or whatnot. Like you said, putting yourself out of your comfort zone will help you professionally, will help with your career, SEO success. And there's a lot of material out there to be a better communicator. That's not even directly out, uh, tied in with SEO. There's Millions of trainings and really great YouTube videos that are available. And then you can kind of just create this little box with this window of, oh, I'm going to, I guess you could start with faking it till you make it in a way. But hey, this is, I have about 10 minutes that I can be social before my social battery wears off, you know, and work up from there.
1: Absolutely. I think doing it in those incremental steps and I think just the mindset also of viewing it as a lights on, lights off where it's not this indefinite, where you know, okay, it's for this fixed duration of time. Maybe kind of circling back though. So take kind of playing off this piece of importance (laughs) of communication. At which stages or what are kind of the most critical communications, touch points, you know, over the, the life, the journey of an SEO project do you see? Like where are the most critical kind of communication points in managing a successful SEO project?
2: A part of me is like, oh, the entire length of the, the campaign or the, the partnership or collaboration or efforts towards SEO. But I think even very early on might be more important, whether you're an agency or a freelancer that has an SEO client, or whether you're somebody internally that just got buy-in, there might be a little potential of buyer's remorse in a way. From us in our world, for clients, from a managerial level internally. And what you want to do is ensure that the decision that was made still continues to be the right decision. You know, I think we've all probably made obscure purchases and we're like, crap, (laughs) what did I just do? That was not good. And sometimes your gut might be right and sometimes it might be wrong. But the more that you can help reassure, you know, continue to lay out a plan of attack and continue to manage expectations and show the roadmap of what's going to take place can help reduce buyer's remorse there and continue to ensure that things go smoothly. But with that, that's a continuous effort also. You know, once a quarter at least make sure that there's still alignment and expectations are set and that there might not be potential remorse of like, hey, we gave you six months and this is where we are now. You know, but hey, we just need we need to take six months for SEO to work or we just got the dev teams to fix this. And whatever it might be.
1: What about as far as like too much communication? Like I think maybe from the previous point, okay, a fair amount of us probably more introverts. So maybe in generally speaking, more communication than we would do next, like we would do naturally is good, but kind of how do you dance on that line of like over communicating versus giving that like appropriate comforting support throughout
2: a project? Yeah, that's a great question. We try to use our best instincts, engage how things are going with rapport and the flow month over month. But we also just ask you know, our clients at least once a quarter, but almost every month is, how are things with communication? Is it too much? Are we throwing too much on your plate at once? Is it too little? You're not hearing from us. How much do you trust the process? So I think we hope, and we also try to set the standard of transparency and candor from very early on. I'm a native New Yorker, so there's nothing that a client could say to me that I haven't heard from a bum on the street. <laughs> so, you know, if they say, hey, I think, you know, yeah, sometimes it's a bit too many emails, or we use Notion for our collaboration. So it's may- maybe too many tags in Notion. We'll we take that and like, thank you. Thank you for telling us. Like, tell us what we need to do to help you win. And if it's too much, we'll back off, or we'll delegate most conversations for talking points in a meeting, or we'll trip things out based on priority. If it's too little, then apologies in advance, but you're, you're going to hear from us every day, whatever it might be. Uh, I think just communicating and asking is what we found to be the best way. And if someone's not answering and they keep defaulting to, yeah, everything's great, I think that might be a sign that something else is going on regarding the relationship. But,
1: and with that, like, where is that conversation taking place? Like, are you capturing that in a QBR that you're doing? Is this inside kind of one on one with your? you know, primary contact or like, where are you kind of facilitating that communication?
2: Yeah. So our QBR agenda has that, which is kind of just a few, you try not to ask them direct questions, but make it a bit more conversational It's kind of like a, like a podcast in a way (laughs) uh, without the recording, but have a few talking points about the relationship in a QBR. Like, how's everything going? Like a, a verbal NPS score in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody said to you, like, Do you have an SEO agency you would trust? Would you recommend break the web? Is there anything you want more of, want less of? Is there anything your team likes, your stakeholders like more of, like less of? The data that we're reporting to you on a month-to-month basis, is it good? Is it not as good as you need? Do you need more? Uh, So we try to have and try to set a standard in even the sales process of just transparent communications. And we do that at least once a quarter. If it comes up naturally, maybe once a month and time allows, Uh, sometimes it doesn't come up naturally. And might not make the most sense. So try to just gauge the flow there. We're an agency that doesn't work on contracts. And I get yelled at all the time for not having even a three-month contract. Since I first started bringing on clients in like 2014, everyone's had 30 days out. So it's on us to earn the business each and every month. And with that, there's things that we got to know to continue to earn your business and also continue to make you look like the hero of the company. So that's kind of how we how we frame things a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, it's. um, I really agree with it. I mean, I think a piece maybe it it seems minor, but you've made comments to it both in this conversation, also in the previous of you know making your client or your contact like the hero. And I think, from my experience, you sometimes and it's more often than you'd like or I even expect that it's like there's sometimes this. You know friction or and i don't know if it's ego or what between like the in-house versus the agency side and it's something that i've shared with my team too is like hey like our objective is to empower and support and it's like we're you know we're supposed to be making our contacts look good like they should like through our partnership we should help them get promoted and like this side but it seems like maybe that's like a shared piece where I feel like subtly you've kind of dropped those clues along that piece. Like, Is that something that you guys are actively talking about in your organization
2: or how like, yeah, if you could just expand on that a little bit. Yeah, you know, very similar to kind of how you intro at our company. SEO is annoying. <laughs> it's such a frustration. There's many things in life that are emotional roller coasters and we can put SEO on that list. And in-house marketers, you know, like you said, there's not SEO isn't taught in school and you're kind of running on theory. There's no exact proof that if you do this, this, and this, you're going to get this and this. Hmm. So when we have a client that comes in, sometimes during like the initial sales calls or discovery calls, I'll ask either what's the most annoying thing about SEO to you or in an easier format, what's your perception of SEO? And just kind of hearing... Their pain points with SEO helps us be better communicators and help solve their problems. If they say it's hard to track and I'll very much say, yeah, it is really hard to track ROI and SEO. Here's what we can try and do to make it best as best as possible. One of them being like, hey, we're going to add more systems into place than Google Analytics because that'll only get you so far too. But making sure that they're well equipped to relay information internally. It's kind of our big focus and finding out what annoys them and what really grinds their gears with SEO because there's a million complexities, nuances. I mean, there's a reason why it depends as a running joke in our community because everything depends on skilled SEOs can say why it depends. So trying to just make them have a better as best of understanding as possible and ask them what makes SEO kick them in the face.
1: Uh, it's a, it's another great call out too on the empowering the contacts to be able to speak to it and i think this is common like whether it's in-house or agency where more often than not you're going to be talking to someone and it's like they're going to have to justify or speak to what's going on with seo not necessarily from like they need to explain what the overarching strategy is but it's like someone in engineering needs to be able to explain why X amount of resources had been going towards these SEO projects. And someone else might have to justify the line item in a budget. And so there's going to be all these conversations going on around why what you're doing is important. And knowing that a lot of these individuals aren't from within the world of SEO, you have the challenge of like, they already have to justify something that maybe isn't theirs. And you're asking them to do it in a space or almost like a language that they're not familiar with. So it's like, I think there's also just a level of that understanding of like, oh, that is, even though it may seem simple to me, like that is a challenge to ask someone to explain it to others that maybe not know SEO. So I think that is like a really good kind of education point, but also to just be putting know yourself in those shoes of like why it is a challenge even though it's something that to us could seem very basic and easy
2: yeah you know imagine trying to have a a marketer explain canonicals and user declare canonicals and google selected canonicals to a ceo i mean we know that doesn't matter so once we get them to understand it they also just need to also focus on what matters and they know how to talk to their managers so take that and help Use that information to give them guidance and ensure that they have clarity. Excellent.
1: Well, um, maybe just with that, like any, any lasting uh, comments or recommendations you have for the listeners on managing su- successful SEO projects?
2: Document everything. Have good workflows. Have good collaboration. We've talked about managing expectations, but also understand and have empathy for the other person that you're collaborating with even if it's an SEO agency versus a brand, even if it's a marketer versus a developer, that sometimes rightfully so, people are inherently selfish about their job security. And it makes sense. What are they being tracked against? And how can you use that for your selfish benefits, but also make everyone win and share the glory? Uh, Like we said before, when you win, everyone wins. And if our point of contact wins, they may get promoted, which is awesome. They may go to another job, the a higher seniority, uh, and that's awesome. Even more awesome when they bring us with them, which happens so often. It's unbelievable, that's a really great resource of a new biz, I guess, <laughs> for, for agencies. But yeah, just have great communication, collaboration, and make sure everyone sees the bigger picture.
1: 100%, I greatly appreciate the approach that you're sharing um, with everyone. And I think for me, big piece kind of from this conversation is, and also just in general is, It is such a small world within SEO. The chances of you working with a client again and again at different companies or to run into other SEOs, other agencies, doesn't matter kind of what side kind of the aisle you're on, but it is such a small industry that just taking the time to build those relationships and like genuinely get to know these people is so helpful because of yeah, just kind of how small of a world it is within SEO.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. One of our uh, kickoff questionnaires is, "What do you enjoy doing outside of work?" And that also, you know, is a great conversation starter. Oh, you enjoy gardening? Oh, someone on our team is a homesteader. You know, and really good conversation. That's outside of a uh, "How's the weather?" by you, which is still can't believe people are still talking like that nowadays. Uh Oh, it's snowing. It's cold. Oh, just helps create a better rapport. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just the
1: the source of constant surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks again to Jason Berkowitz, founder and SEO director at Break the Web for joining us. If you'd like to contact Jason, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes or visit his company's website at breaktheweb.agency.
0: So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S, dot com slash A-W-T.
1: Just one more link in our show notes to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, just head over to thevoiceofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests, and you can also send us your topic suggestions or SEO questions, and apply to be a guest speaker on the Voice of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media where our show handle is at Voices of Search, and you can find me at Tyson underscore Stockton. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your feed, We're going to be publishing a new episode every workday. So just hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we will be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's all for today. But until next time, remember the answer is always in the data.